Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson, and I'd like you to join me as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. That's where the miracles are. Let's open with prayer. My Heavenly Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend to the things which are spoken, because faith is in the heart. Father, turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan and you. And Father, I ask for a spirit of grace on this message. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share with you one of my favorite testimonies about the love of God. I was in the sign business. I was a businesswoman. I owned a sign company for about 20 years. And there was a day about 20 years ago that we were asked to bid on a large construction sign in a business park, a brand new business park in the city that we were in. We went out. We took a survey of the property. We found out where they wanted the sign. We realized what we were going to need to install the sign. We knew that the sign was going to be, if I remember right, at least 8 feet tall, 16 feet wide. It was going to have to be on two posts, and the posts were going to have to be pretty deep in the ground. It was a coming soon construction sign, a picture of the building that they were getting ready to build. So we gave them our bid, and the bid was accepted. So we constructed the sign, we got it all ready, and we were waiting for them to call when they were ready for the sign to be installed, which they did, oh, about uh, several weeks later. So we take our materials to go put up the sign. Now we had decided that the installation was going to be done by a two-man auger, and the auger was going to put the holes about, I think, four feet deep. Now the problem was, when we got out there, was I was the only one available to help with the two-man auger. That would not have been a big problem, but when we got there, we realized that they had excavated the whole property, including where we were going to install the sign. But not only that, but several layers of the dirt that we saw when we surveyed was not there. It had been excavated. So we take out the auger and we set it up. We realized this was going to be a much harder job than what we first anticipated. The person was with me, got the auger ready, put the, put the drill bit on and such, and we set it up, and he gave me the instructions. He said, now, your job is to hold the two handles and help keep the auger in position while it digs the hole. All right, well, if you know me, I'm a pretty petite person. I'm about five foot two and I weigh about 110 pounds. So we start the auger and he engages the drill bit and I went flying. I mean, I went flying. I couldn't hold on to it one jolt and I'm flying. All right, so we regroup and we set the auger up again and, and he starts the auger and he gives me some more instructions on how to hold the handles and, and how to keep steady and such my feet planted on the ground. And, you know, I took the instructions and I'm all ready and I'm ready for this auger. He starts the auger up. He engages the drill and I went flying. I mean flying. Now, part of the problem with all this was that while we were working in this area on the property, that the construction people, the whole team behind us of the heavy construction equipment, 
was on a lunch break. So now with me trying to hang on to the auger, they have, they are having dinner and entertainment and I'm the entertainment. They are getting the biggest kick out of me flying off of this auger. So we set it up again. We tried for the third time. I couldn't hang on. I mean, this time I was not only leaning on it, I think I was, I had all my weight on the handles. But the minute it started, I went flying again. I just was not large enough to hold it. So I stopped and we realized that the auger was not going to work. That what we had given for the installation, for the money, we were going to have to get a, a tractor auger in there. That was going to cost a lot of money. And we realized that a lot of the profit that we were going to make off of this sign was going to have to be used to bring in heavier equipment to dig the holes. So while we were standing there, I took a step to, to the side and I looked across the field and I looked up and I said, Jesus, what do we do? What do we do? And I turned around and I went back to where the auger was. And the leader of the construction crew, who had a sandwich in one hand and laughing in the other, and he walked over toward the man that was with us doing the install, and he pointed at the man, and he pointed at me, and he started laughing. And then he walked over and he said, what are you trying to do? And we explained that we were trying to put the poles in the ground so that we could install the sign. And that the auger, because they had excavated the property, the auger wasn't going to work. The foreman of the construction crew looked at us for a second. And then he turned around and he pointed to one of his men. And he said, bring it over here. And the man got into the large bucket shovel. And he brought it to where we were. And the, the foreman looked at us and he says, where do you want the sign? And so we showed him the area that we wanted the sign dug, where we wanted the poles put. And that shovel, that, the guy that ran the shovel went over there and he dug within just two minutes the hole, the whole hole to put the sign in. And then the foreman pointed to some more men and he said, come over here. And they came over here and we constructed where the poles were to be and they helped put the sign onto the, onto the framework and they helped us lift it up into the holes that they had dug. And then they put it up and then the foreman looked over another area and he pointed to another man and he said, come here. And the guy jumped in a bulldozer and he came over and they put all the dirt back. It wasn't 10 minutes and that sign was installed and in the ground. Oh, the love of God for us. The love of God for us. We didn't have to install the sign. They installed it for us. That was the love of God. Do you want that? Do you want where the Father and the Son work on your behalf? It was, it was such a blessing. You know what? The Father wants to do things like that for you. Absolutely wants to do things like that for you. Let me show you something. I want you to go with me to Genesis 3.8. Did you know that the Father has a desire? He wants to dwell among us. 
He wants to be around us. He wants to be in us. That is his desire. Like I've said before, God is love. And he loves you. And he wants you to dwell with him. And he wants to dwell with you. And if you will go with me to Genesis 3.8, I'll show you this out of scripture. Genesis 3.8, this is the beginning of creation. He has created Adam. Now, Adam in chapter 3 rebels against the words that God told him. God said, you can have any tree in the garden except the fruit of this one. So what does Adam and Eve do? They eat the fruit of that tree. And in Genesis 3.8, I want to read this verse, and I want you to listen to a phrase in it. It says, Adam and Eve were in the garden. and says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. God had come down to walk in the garden with Adam and Eve. His desire was to spend time with Adam and Eve. We're talking about the Lord God. We're talking about Jehovah. Coming down and spending time with the man and woman he had created. Now we know the story. They were kicked out of the garden. We know that it went on and then there was Abraham. And God spoke to Abraham and he made a promise to Abraham. He said, of thy seed... All the earth is going to be blessed. And we know that that promise to Abraham was not only Isaac, but it was Jesus coming. We know that the father had planned on Jesus before the earth was even created. And one of the reasons, one of the reasons was so that God could dwell among us. That God could dwell in us, with us, with you. Did you know that God desires a relationship with you? Did you know that? Let's go on. I want you to go to Exodus 29. I'm going to begin in verse 44. And this is God speaking to Moses. And he says, And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. And I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons to minister to me in the priest's office, and I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. I will dwell among the children of Israel. That was his desire. That's why he had Moses make the tabernacle so that he could come and dwell with the children of Israel. And 46 says, and they shall know that I am the Lord, their God, that brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord, their God. Did you know that God wanted to dwell with us? That he wants to dwell with you? He does. But why can't he? You know, there's a a place in Exodus where because of the stubbornness and and hard-heartedness of the people of Israel, he had to move the tabernacle from the center of all the people to outside. He couldn't dwell among them. And I want to show you why he he couldn't dwell among us. I uh, I want you to go to Isaiah 59. I'm going to begin in verse 1 and 2. This is the Old Testament. Did you know that God wanted to dwell with us in the Old Testament? 
Isaiah explains here why he can't. Isaiah 59 verse 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Boy, I needed that save that day when the Argo didn't work. Neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But what? What keeps God from dwelling with us? Verse 2, But your iniquities, your sins, have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. God cannot look on sin. He can't be around it. And when we have sin, he can't even hear us. So what's he going to do? Can you imagine a father, our father, the Lord God, wanting to dwell with us, wanting to be around us, and yet our sins separate us from him to where he cannot even look on us he cannot hear so what does he do what does he do i want us to go to second corinthians chapter 5 and we are going to look at what god did so that he could dwell among us so that he could dwell in us second corinthians 5 verse 18 and this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, And all things are of God. All things are of God. Who has reconciled us to himself? How? By Jesus Christ. But you know that Jesus reconciled you to the Father. Did you know when Jesus took your sins on that cross, when he took your curses, your iniquities, your sicknesses, everything between you and the Father, he took on his own body. Did you know when he did that, he reconciled us back to God? God could dwell among us, and it explains how. We'll keep going. And has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, how? That God was in Christ in Jesus, reconciling the world to himself, to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. That gospel that I preach, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that he took all your sin on his body. The Father put it there. The Father was in Jesus. The Father walked Jesus. Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own. I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only do the works of the Father. And the Father led him to the cross. Why? He wanted to be reconciled to you. He wanted you to be reconciled to him. He wanted you to be his children. He wanted to dwell with you. So what did he do? He sent Jesus for you. He sent Jesus in your place. He sent his only son to be the sacrifice that he was going to need to reconcile you back to him. And you know what? The sacrifice was made. Jesus was put on the cross. The father laid all your iniquity on Jesus. And Jesus took your iniquity gladly. He paid for it. 
He not only paid for your sins, he paid for your sicknesses, your diseases, your fears, your safety, your poverty, paid for all of it. The Father laid it all on him. Jesus was cursed on that tree for you and I. And then Jesus died when he was put in the tomb and his soul and his spirit went to hell to pay for those sins that had separated us from God, to pay for them. They were paid for in hell by Jesus. Psalm 88, Jesus took the wrath of God on him. Took the wrath of God on him so God wouldn't have to pour out his wrath on you. The love of God. It was the love of God that sent Jesus. It was the love of God that Jesus suffered on the cross. It was the love of God that Jesus suffered in hell. It was the love of God that raised him from the dead. He was satisfied with all sin, with your sin. It was forgiven. It was paid for. He received the sacrifice that Jesus made. And you know what that made? That made the way that we could be reconciled to the Father. The Father wants to dwell with you. He wants you to walk with him in the cool of the day, just like he did with Adam and Eve. That is his desire. How do we get there? The first thing we must have is we must be born again. You must be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews, one that followed the law and the Ten Commandments, he said, that's not enough. You've got to be born again. You've got to be born again. You must be born again. How are we born again? By a simple prayer. And you can pray that prayer with me. You can pray that prayer with me. We are going to ask Jesus to come into your heart. We're going to ask him to be Lord of your life. We're going to ask him Come in to your heart. The Spirit of Jesus. You ready to pray that prayer? You ready to be able to walk, to walk with God, to dwell with Him forever? Forever? Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, come into my heart. Take over my life. Be Lord of it. Lead me. Teach me me. Fix me. And I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. That prayer that you prayed, if you are sincere, Jesus has entered into your heart. And not only that, your eternity is guaranteed if you will stay with him. If you will believe him, if you'll let him lead you, and he will, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And no matter what happens to you, in the next five minutes or a lifetime, you will be with Jesus if you were to perish. If you were to die, you will be with him, and you will dwell with Jesus and the Father forever. But you know what the wonderful thing is? They will dwell with you right now. They will dwell with you right now. If 
you are born again, you have the Spirit of Jesus in you. And if you have Jesus, you have the Father. And if you let Jesus lead you, you will dwell. You will dwell with the Father and Jesus. It is a beautiful, wonderful thing to be in the presence of God, to have your prayers answered, to have God lead you, to have him give you the desires. He gives you the desires, and then he gives you the desires of your heart. Amen? I would like to pray for you. Just send me an email at kd at kdwol.com. Let me know what you need, and I'll pray right along with you. KD at KDWOL.com. Now, I have been preaching to you what is needed, what Jesus said to do to repent, to change the way you're thinking, and to believe the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus holds all the answers to all of your problems. The goal is to get that gospel in your heart where you can walk in it. So to do that, you first must pick up that Bible and read it out loud. Romans 10, 17 states that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Open up your Bible. Begin in the New Testament and read it out loud. And I promise you that while you're reading out loud, if you pay attention to what you're reading, you will begin to feel the power of God working in your heart. I would like to finish with a song that will go right along with the message. It's an old one done by a friend of mine, Chico Holiday. Today, this minute, you can return to the Father and His Son, Jesus. As the Word of God states, and it cannot be broken, He will in no wise cast you out, no matter what condition you come to Him in. I have returned to the God of my childhood, to the same simple faith as a child I once knew, like the prodigal son. I long for my loved ones. All the comforts of home And the God I outgrew I have returned To the God of my childhood Bethlehem say The prophets Messiah is Jesus to me. God of my mother with unfailing faith for the child of her heart 
said, raise them up in the way that he wants them, and thank God when they're grown, they'll never
email me at the letters kd at kdwol.com. That's KD, Kathy Davidson, at kdwol.com. And visit my website to listen to the messages again or to download them free of charge at kdwol.com. Until next time, God bless.